0: Their Mm. journey is not my journey and my journey is not their journey. I was just a person who was in their journey to help them, guide them. Now, the rest of their journey, they have to decide on their own. And that is what I say to all the parents out there that don't be controlling of your children. Let them have their own freedom of mind. Let them have uh, their own freedom of choice. And that way you will bring out better human beings and better society. We create better society with
1: 100%. Welcome to the Stronger, Fitter, Happier podcast. I'm your host, Vin. And today I am joined by the wonderful Kajal. So if you don't know who Kajal is, um, I don't know what you've been doing really, because she is everywhere at the moment. And when I say everywhere, she's blowing up on Instagram, blowing up on Facebook and I think that the lockdown in the last year you've really managed to thrive and build an audience and um, you know just gain lots of followers and things like that. So I hope all of you supporters of Kajal are listening and watching and just getting to know Kajal on this episode a bit more. So the reason why I've brought Kajal on onto the Stronger Fits a Happier podcast is because Kajal well, from what I know of Kajal, she is a very strong character. So what I mean by a very strong character is she has been through a lot of trials and tribulations in her life and is still here to tell the tale. So that's what she is doing on this podcast, here to tell the tale of her trials and tribulations and how she has managed to navigate life with a strong, fit and happy mindset. So Kajal, if you don't mind, just giving a brief intro into who you are and what you're about.
0: Oh, thank you, Wayne. Thank you. It's so such a nice pleasure to be on, um, on stage with you, you know. <laughs> it's awesome. And also, um, you know, to be able to inspire people and, uh, you know, uh, followers and new followers from, from this podcast, you know, I really uh, appreciate all your support and uh, just... Through this kind of platform, you get to know more about me. So I am Kajo and I my business is Kajo, uh, Kajo's Healthy Kitchen. Many of you may also know me through Kajo Discover Wellbeing, which was my first baby and then my second baby, Kajo's Healthy Kitchen. <laughs> right. Uh, come a long way, you know, come a long way in life. And like Vin said, a strong lady. Yes we are all very strong and I always say to people that there is there is another stronger person behind this which is always sleeping and it always comes handy when it is needed and um, to build that stronger inner person it has taken me a long long way if you met me um for example 16 17 years ago I was a complete different person. If you met me ten years ago, I was a complete different person. This Kajo is always climbing, learning um, through giving, learning, giving, and taking. So there is always that in life: the balance of uh, you know yin and yang. We take and we receive and we give. Right? It is yeah. all. And um, I think in life. Um, taking problems is also part of our life and I think um, um, uh, it is my time now to give a little bit of wisdom to what and how I am I am where I am and uh, you know um, that's that's life.
1: Yeah so anyone thinking or oh, like listening and not know who may not know much about you may be thinking oh like yeah, that's fine. You're someone who does, uh, who leads a good business. And, you know, a lot of people do that, but they may not know that you behind the scenes have been through a lot in terms of outside of like a career. And they may look at you now and think, oh, you're very confident on camera. You know, you do all these um, live cooking demos and, you know, have people, guests in your house and home and you, you do all these wonderful um, like kind of workshops and things. And, and it's it's great, you know, but not everyone can do stuff like that. Well, I I would like to challenge that because you potentially, just like you were telling me off camera, um, years ago when you first kind of got married at a very young age and things like that, you are a very different person Mm. and going through everything you've been through and, and where you are now and, you know, raising four wonderful children and all of that has helped you build this resilience, build this confidence, build this kind of figure that everybody else sees online now and would do you think that you could potentially where you started where you first like kind of emerged into the adult life do you feel you would be where you are now like when you were there?
0: So I've always um, as a child I always used to dream you know um, about doing something. And, you know, my, my dream was to uh, wear those office suits and walk in an office and, you know, work uh, in front of a screen. That was that used to be me, right, as a young girl. But um, things were very different, when When we were little, we were not very well off at all. And I grew up in a family where my dad was, uh, you know, um, there, but not there. So okay. he was there but um, he was alcoholic, he was very much into gambling, and his world was very different. Um, though he was always in the house and out and about, but mother was the breadwinner. Mother was the person we look forward to for love, for attention, for uh, you know guidance, it was the mother. But my mother was such a person who taught us uh, to always respect. He's your father. You respect him. She came from that era where women always thought uh, of their husbands as their gods. And uh, so mom always also taught us that that's your father, no matter how he is, you got to respect him. So we grew up in a family where to have one meal a day was wow. And, uh, you know, um, we never went out to eat. We didn't have many people as, you know, we didn't have family. My mother's family had denounced her when she got married to my father because they didn't approve of him. So since the age of 19 to the day she died, she'd never seen her family or heard of them. So that is how life was for her. Now, her upbringing in us was... Uh, something that I always cherish in a way because of who she was, I am. Um, I've taken the positive side of her and, you know, practice that in my day-to-day life. Now, um, upbringing was good. I got married at the age of 17. You can say a little escape from, you know, um, the, ma- uh, the home that was not a very happy home. So, uh, you know, a little escape. It was more like an arranged marriage. And uh, it is not something that I had wished for, but it happened. And um, uh, 17, I was at the age of 18. I gave birth to my first son.
1: Wow. At that's a very young age.
0: Mother started from there. And uh, yes, it was a challenge because I was a child raising a child. And it was quite a challenge. But um. Um, fast forwarding life, you know, marriage was fine. I was married to a man who was uh, quite controlling in his own ways. You know, he was controlling, he needed to have control of everything, who you speak to, what you wear, what you eat, uh, where you go, where you shouldn't go, <laughs> you know, everything. So my my life was very much in four walls. And that was fine, because I had seen my sisters do that. I'd seen my mother do that. And for me, that was like, that is probably the normal thing to do. Yet, talking about that as a child, I used to watch a lot of Bollywood movies. And yeah. I said, oh, you know, the love and the romance and singing in the garden and all that kind of thing. Oh, shit. Right. <laughs> Sorry.
1: <laughs> That's fine. <laughs>
0: so, you know, um, it all, the reality strikes when things happen. You know, the way we are raised in our our society, in our family, we are actually taught what we shouldn't do, but actually there is no logic behind it. You know, if you really think it is more about suffering, there's so much suffering, there's no shortcut in life to, we're never taught any shortcuts in life that, okay, if things don't work out, Break out, you know, call it a day. Um, so being in this marriage, I had four children. I was getting on with my life. and then of course, the law of attraction had to attract. And um, my husband fell in love with my um, uh, cousin and uh, they they had a you know there was an affair going on. I didn't know, but I got to know halfway through. And uh, when it was already quite late, I'm guessing, because I would never have found the truth anyway. And I found out the truth. And um, from, of course, my cousin, um, you know, who one day calls me and says, Hey, Kajo Ben, I'm in love with your husband. Wow. You know, and this is how it all happened. And the shock of all of that, the behavior shock, the trust broken, everything came to, uh, a point where in my life, I thought, you know what, actually, what do you really believe? Because what you believe is what your parents said, your husband is your God, you know, uh, having family around is your cushion, your support. You know, if you get married, we will support you. When Whenever things go wrong, family and community support you. But in my case, actually, I felt completely alone. I felt my heart was broken. Um, by the man I actually trusted and, and, and uh, led my whole life from the age of 17 to this man. I raised kids. I did, uh, you know, raised his home, raised his, uh, his wife, ra- raised his family, everything. And, you know, then just for something that you call lust, Somebody completely breaks everything. So that was quite a, you know, and then initially everybody, of course, say to you that it's a flame, Kajo. It is going to fizzle out, you know, it's going to fizzle out, stay in there. So I stayed in that marriage for not a year, not two, not three, almost four years. Oh, wow. Yes. And um, uh, 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 I looked after her as well when she was pregnant by, you know, uh, the grace of God, <laughs> you know, and it was. I looked after her not as um, as a person, as a as a wife to um, my husband, but more as a human being because that's the character I had in me. That if another woman needs you in need when she has nobody to look after her, you do it. But at the same time, I realized that doing everything that I was doing and being put through whatever i was being put through there was a lot of um uh i had lost myself completely entirely the car, yeah,
1: i can imagine
0: you know i was i was completely i was not a wife anymore i was actually not feeling like a a, a, a woman with respect anymore you know i had, i had completely lost myself i had even lost what Whatever the society had made me to believe, I had lost that trust, you know. So So, how old were you at this time then? I was was 32.
1: Okay. And how many children did you have at the point? I had
0: four children.
1: You'd already had four children at this point.
0: Yes, yes, yeah. And And, um,
1: you may not, uh, if you don't feel like answering this, don't feel like you have to, but was your um, cousin's child your husband's child? Yes,
0: yes. Okay. Of course, of course, and he's the one who actually—he uh, was not in the country when she was pregnant. So he said to me, "Will you please look after her and oh um, take her, take her to the hospital?" And um, she wasn't leaving with me then or anything, but she was on her own. And um, you know, will you take her to the hospital? She needs to have a scan because she's not feeling well. So I had to do that, and I did that, and you know. Um, the doctor had no idea, by the way, when this is funny is you know, the doctor thought I was her younger sister and she's telling me, look, never get pregnant before marriage, because this is what happens, you know, because my cousin was crying. She was, you know, emotionally broken and um, she was crying. And I remember and it was a, a hilarious moment at that point. But we take everything with a positive um, look and we say um, it's a learning curve we are humans. In this case, we were three humans with three different needs. My husband at his his need, my cousin in on her own need, and here I was a mother with four children with my need. So our needs were different, our outlooks were different, but we were all stuck in one thing together. And that thing was a wishes circle, basically. And then there was that society outside us, which were everybody was saying to me, Kajo, don't do this, don't do that, do not leave him, do not do this, you know. Mainly financial burden was what was, you know, thrown at me that if you leave him, you're not gonna get anything because he's gonna rob you of everything and you know, he's gonna take your children away. I mean, all these dramas mm-hmm. took place. Um, there I was uh, a completely naive person who had no idea what I was going to do next, what's going to happen next. But things did happen and things did happen in a very ugly way that we had to part. Four years, I knew that things were had to end somewhere. Yeah. And I was uh, very depressed, very, very depressed. I was having a nervous breakdown. And um, I felt very alone. I had no friends, family, families. When you talk about family, there was more of an imbalance completely because um, he's a well-known guy. He's a very, uh, you know, big out there. And here I was just basically nobody, right? So it was very much like People did want to support me, but they couldn't support because they were scared of him. You know, he's a politician back home. So he was very much into politics and very, very well, high status person. Mm. So people didn't even want to wrong him or even be in his wrong books. So here I was. And um, one day I had a friend who said to me, you got to come out of this because if you don't, you're going to die. And if you're going to die, your kids, literally, this was a brutal talk, right? (laughs) You're going to die. And if you're going to die, your kids are going to suffer just like you're suffering because there will be no mother to them. There will be no other mother to them. And probably the stepmother will take over. And if she's so, so, um, uh, you know, unethical person, then what is she going to give it to your kids? You know, this was the talk and she started you know brain so sort of empowering me in that sense and things had to happen in such a way that um, uh, they went a little ugly and uh, i was in the hospital one day and i woke up and the police said to me you are you cannot go back to your home because of your safety and uh, you need to make a decision now
1: and is this all still in kenya
0: In here, in in England. In the UK. So we had moved to UK for, um, because he was British and I was Kenyan. We had to come here for the rights of our children. But then we realized that it wasn't going to happen in a month or two. We had to stay here for three years because he had British overseas. So then, um, you know, as I said, law of attraction makes everything happen. Everything happens, you know, when you when you dream about something, be very careful and mm-hmm. I'll tell you about that later. But anyway, so we were in the UK and uh, things happened. And then I said to, before even I could say anything, my friend said to the police that she's going to come to my house and I'm going to go and pick the kids up and um, sh- I'm going to, uh, you know, things will get sorted out. So we, I ended up at my friend's house with my four children. To cut the story short, uh, on the third day of being in our house, she said to me, "You cannot be depressed because if you you get depressed, the you know the social care will will get involved, and your kids you will lose your kids. So there's no way you can even show you're depressed or prove you're depressed. You wow. have to pull out." You have to show that you're working, you're able to earn. And I looked at her and I said, I have never worked. I was 17, I got married. I mean, before marriage, I was 13 when I, I used to work. Since the, the age of, sorry, since the age of 12 to the age of 17, I was working and paying my own school fees. That was, that was all the past. But after I got married, I was 17 to the age of 32. I had never worked. So you know, I was the only thing I know. I said to her is being in the kitchen, and she said, "Well, I've seen that you you are very good with your food and everything. So let's let's see if we can find you jobs." So that was my starting of Kajal's <laughs> kitchen. <laughs> you know, I started cooking in people's homes and um, uh, started. You know, I did so many different types of jobs. I um, did evening studies and I went into learning massages. I learned how to become a baby yoga and baby massage teacher. Then I did about nine um, uh, different types of massages from which I was practicing the trigger point and lymphatic massage working along with cancer patients. And um, from there, things started building. I became a nutritionist. And then, uh, you know, one thing led to another, a well-being coach. And I was just trying to, you know, see and grow. For me, life, the freedom was all about growing. But the most important thing was my children. And what I learned was, as I said, from that third day of getting out of the, the, the financial security, Obviously, um, uh, I knew that I had to work so hard to make sure that my kids had shelter, you know. Of course, we got help from the council and of course, we had a shelter on our head. And of course, you know, things weren't the same, you know, going from living in a mansion to living in a very tiny little home, Mm -hmm. um, you know, having everything and then having nothing you know, being able to then then count money and not have enough money to pay your bills and everything, things went to that end. But it was fine because what was the most uh, pleasurous thing was freedom. Yeah. Freedom of speech, freedom of life, freedom of being able to do what you want to do, nobody to tell you how to live your life and how to raise your children. So... Um, There, it was a tough life started and it hasn't stopped. (laughs) I'm working, you know, I built myself and I, I, I brought uh, what was most important was the fact that positivity was something that I always projected out there and kept it inside me. It is not just, you know, what I show on the screen, usually even in my house with my children, with Paul it's always whenever there's any talk that goes around that's even a little don't of you know a negative thing i'm i i just turn it around a positive look and i will always tell my children there's always a positive side to everything and there is never say never never say anything is impossible everything is possible if i could come out of being nobody no confidence no ability to even look anyone in the eye leave leave alone when looking you into the eye i couldn't even look at a woman into her eye i was so scared i was filled with fear i was such a person who couldn't even hold a conversation you know i was completely nobody but to to make me into somebody somebody people can look up to somebody people can respect and to find that respect for myself, I had to build myself and I had to do it myself. It has taken many years. And as I said, nothing has stopped and it's not stopping. And my day has been, the journey has been just to inspire people that if I can do it, you can do it too.
1: Well, I think just by what you've said is just just listening to it is truly inspirational. As you know, I have two daughters. yeah, And if they were ever to go through a situation like that, I would hope that they would have even a fraction of the strength that you've had to overcome. Like, it's, just, I don't even know. I'm a bit lost for words. Like, where do I start with, like, what you overcame? You overcame so much. Yeah. What I'd like to ask is, how did you even, so you get to day three. Let's skip past all the things that you went through and all the, I don't know, the, the the chipping away at you and losing yourself and your character and who you truly were before you got married. Mm. But how did you even start to rebuild that? How did you find the confidence to even take the the next step?
0: Yeah. So what I said uh, uh, you know initially was um you know my mother played a big role in uh, my life and my mother came from a very good family when she married my dad of course things went down the drain and um um uh, my four elder sisters never made it to any education so they they didn't go to school uh, so in our house education was zero if you can say so right it uh the priority was not uh you know going to school or anything because it was not my mother couldn't afford it i was different because i wanted to study i always wanted to study i always wanted to make something of you know my life and uh i wanted to escape that um Uh, poverty I wanted to escape that feeling like you're not good for anything you know people look down on you when you have nothing right yeah Um, I always had that dream and when I was uh, 12 I was in school I was in state school in Kenya and um, again at that time I had uh, you know somebody was talking about something a teacher was talking about something and then that emerged and you know um uh, to somebody looking for a student working you know who wants to work and earn some money and i said yeah i want to do it i'm ready i'm and i had no idea how i was going to do it because i was even struggling with studies um but i said i'm going to do it so what i did was i was 12 and from uh, when we came out of school at 3 30 i'd run home because i couldn't afford the fare so i had to run to to get home be ready and, at you know, be to work at five. So again, I had to walk to work, change my clothes, go to work. And I worked at a video library. And from every day, Monday to Friday, from five to 10 o'clock, I'd work at video library, come home, do my homework and go to sleep. And that was my life. Saturday and Sunday, I worked from 10 to 10. So... I had no life. I had no time for friends. I had nothing from the age of 12 to 17, relentlessly, not a single day of holiday. So I had worked and I had seen that, you know, I did have that uh, that energy in me that I wanted to work. So nothing would have stopped me. But um, when this time, when I when I had, to, you know, when after three days I had to wake up and work, I didn't feel, you see, most of the times there are, when you have ego, ego stops you from doing many things. In my case, I had to remind myself that I had had done that in my life. I had worked hard. I had done jobs to make my, you know, to pay for my school fees and help my mother with the rent as well. You know, I can do this, you know, this is this is not going to, uh, you know, Let I'm not going to let myself down, I'm not, I'm not going to let my children down. So I worked, even to a point where I was dashing out yellow pages. And um, some people would say, did you not feel shamed? You know, you were so-and-so's wife and, you know, you were a big flyer and you had to do this kind of jobs. Actually not, because I don't hold no ego. I had, I, for me being a human, being a person who is going to show my children that, you know what, life is such, life is such. One day it's here, another day you're here. You need to learn. It is in your power to empower yourself. No third person is going to do that for you. Mm. So I think whenever I held myself up every day, and this is another thing, my mom always used to say that, no matter what problems you have in your life and this is something when I used to get bullied when I was young in school I used to get a lot bullied a lot and um, my mom used to whenever I used to come home crying or with you know bleeding in my arm or something my mom would say listen beta she said you have to go to school tomorrow you cannot not say I'm not going to school tomorrow because she said every day you have to become an actress, wear that hat of an actress, you know, smile and go. And she'd say, your problems are for you to solve. Nobody else is going to solve your problems for you. You can choose two ways of solving your problem, either by crying and spoiling your face or by smiling And doing two things. If you smile, you are spreading love for the people around you. And at the same time, in yourself, you're solving a problem. So I have always, from there on, I've always learned that smiling, put a smiling face, no matter whatever is going on in my house, you know, no matter what problems I have, always whenever I'm out and in front of people, I always remind myself a smile is the most important thing because that is what I want people to know. That is what I want people to remember. Yeah. Yes. Um, and problems, everybody has. I have, you have, anybody you come across, people have problems. There is nothing new in that. But we are in a <coughs> way where more needs solving. You know, problems need solving. And we can only, only solve them by showing the strength the inner strength you know by sharing a smile every day and by making sure that we are spreading some positivity so my uh, my life when it started as a single mom uh, from the age of 32 my motto was always smile uh, be an actress no matter <laughs> what you can be who you want to be. People don't know anything about you. You know, Kajo, people don't know what has happened to you. Not everybody knows you. You are nobody. So you can be an actress and pretend to be anybody you want. I can be Madhuri Dixit. I, <laughs> I can be anybody I want, right? Your problems are yours to solve. And that was the mission. I solved my problems. I never went anywhere for help or anything because I knew what was in here. Nobody knows knows you better than yourself. You know, self-healing is where I started. I learned Reiki healing. I became a master of Reiki healing. I healed myself. I knew my ups and downs. I knew my mood swings. I knew everything about me. So learning. um, And then, of course, food played the biggest role (laughs) in my life. You know, they say for you to heal you first need to be healing yourself and how to heal yourself is through getting that energy from the food that we eat right yeah the food we eat how we talk um you know how whom we surround ourselves with are the places that we actually take up a lot of energy from so definitely you know that was um that was my journey you know that was my daily journey that uh, food became my um, and this is what I do, preach every day, food, eat healthy food. So yeah. to cut the story short. That is, you know, I raised my kids like that. And um, um, talking about kids is something really important. I'd like to say that it was never easy, never yeah. easy, because my little one was literally two years old, you know, from the time the dramas had started, you know, in my marriage. Um, And, you know, the elder one was in the beginning of his GCSEs. So you do, you know, uh, you do people who are parents out there know the kind of problems you have when raising kids. You know, these are challenges. They're not problems, but they're challenges. They're constantly challenging you. Right. And I, too, had to go through lots of challenges, unseen challenges, unspoken challenges, you know, but they were my challenges. So I, yeah. I, I I took those challenges and, you know, I took that challenge and I I worked on it. And what I worked and what I realized is that, you know, you're always taught that uh, because somebody, when I was going through separation with my husband, somebody said, um, you know, Kajo, you have a roof on top of your head and you he pays for your bills. Just stay in that marriage. Because you need that, your kids to grow up and for your kids to have a, a, a life, you need that. That's very important. And actually, I would like to say to that person, and I did say to that person that they, they were wrong in saying that to me, mm. right? Because um, in life, I think a human, any human being growing up, two things most important that a child will always remember is your time, your time spent, how you spend time with your child and, you know, um, uh, uh, the grounding, you know, the grounding that you have around you. So financially, yes, matters because if you have no money, you struggle, your head is all over the place. It all happens. But one thing I really reminded myself was that I, I, I grew up in a family. I never forgot where I came from. And I wanted it very different for my kids. That I wanted my kids to have their mother whenever they needed her. Whenever mm. they needed her, they, they had her. And another thing, they needed a happy home. So my kids were raised in a home where they had the freedom to doing things. At the same time, they knew that the, 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 the Hitler is standing there with a stick, right? <laughs> Not his <laughs> stick, but they knew. They knew. They had the fear, but... At the same time, they had a friend in me to confine. They had a mother in me to speak and love and cuddles. And, you know, they had, um, I showed them a path in life that life is, this is the reality of life, you know. And one thing I always raised them in um, saying, and I, even now I say to them is uh, never ever expect somebody else um, to you know, raise your vibe, you have to do it yourself. So, education wise, they've done so well, they made it into really good universities. Um, and you know, they've they graduated, three of them have graduated and are working good jobs, earning well. And that I say, uh, is a biggest success for me mm. as I've given them the tool, um, to you know, succeed in life. Um, but the third the last one now is still at university. So we were, you know, just hoping one and a half years that ends and that's it. But I think raising your kids more than financially, when you are stuck in a marriage, and for those of you who are listening to this, if you're stuck in a marriage where there's no love between you and your partner, and there's no there's no stability in the house, if you're always constantly fighting and arguing and bickering, and you know downing each other, you know, pulling each other down. Stop. Find a way of stopping. Go see professionals where you can actually bring peace. But even if things that you try and things are not going to mend, don't stay in a marriage where you are destroying by thinking in your head that you are actually marriage is forever and for lasting. Marriage is not a destroying tool for the children don't make it a destroying tool for the children's future because when children are raised in a very unhappy marriage it not only destroys their personality their their being but even in the future when they had to leave their own life and their own family they struggle Mm. they struggle and um, uh, I just made sure that I pulled myself out of that, I pulled that plug out. And I raised my kids in a very different way. Their thinking is very different. You know, they, they see the equality uh, uh, amongst, you know, their friends, their, their partners, and uh, they treat them very, very differently to what I have seen in my family and in my <laughs> surroundings. So, you know, they've got a lot of respect for the other person. And um, they are at peace and in love with themselves. That is what they project with others. So I think happy home is more important than a show. Mm. uh, You know, uh, we are not in a showbiz business here. You know, this is reality. Um, Don't stay in a marriage where you're unhappy because you're unhappy. Even if you don't discuss it with your children, they can feel it. They. Mm. And it really mentally, mentally disturbs people. And I'm a health coach. I come across a lot of lot of clients who come and see me. I do talking therapy. And through that, I, I I I I say the same thing. I say the same thing. You know, there's no good and bad. My husband was a good man. I was a good woman, you know. And then the third lady in there was also a good person. But sometimes things don't match. Sometimes people are not happy. Sometimes we're not able to satisfy people. And so what if you have children? So what? You By you having children does not give you the right to destroy your your present and then destroy their future. Two Absolutely. that Right. So, yeah. yeah,
1: that. It, do you know what? Um, what you're saying is absolutely correct, but a lot of people listening, while they may not disagree with you, they will be thinking, "That's easy for you to say, but I just can't do it." Like, yeah. I do have other people to think about, like my parents and my extended family, and yeah. and I'm not saying you didn't, because you obviously did. Yes, but. While it's easy to talk about it in hindsight, yeah, well, not easy, easier I would say, yeah. than when you're actually going through it because you probably had these doubts and fears yourself. Totally. But what would you say to someone who's thinking, you know, like about other people and things like that? I know you've said like, you know, you, you can't put on a show and like to external people who who like don't actually matter. That you know.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah, so what I say is I have family, and my family was orthodox, so even worse of a problem, right? Yeah. In a way that they were quite much, you know, uh, society, what will people say, what will people do? And I had in-laws who are really wonderful people. All of them are wonderful people, you know. Um, but they are not coming to live with me in my house. They were not leaving with my husband They were not living in that triangle love between me, him, and her, right? They were not living that life. They were not my children who were every day looking at their parents and thinking, oh, my God, uh, what's going to happen tomorrow or what's going to happen the next? They were not living in that fear. So when I was making my decision, I knew that I had struggled for so many years And I'm sure my husband would tell you the same thing that, you know, he struggled for many years being in that marriage. Maybe he didn't love me. Maybe he wasn't in love with me as much as he wanted to. Um, Maybe he loved her more. You know, who knows? Who knows what happened? Because men don't get the chance to speak. They don't actually tell their story. Right. Yeah. But as a woman, I decided to speak and I'm speaking the truth and I'm saying, here I am, you know, things were like this. Um, you have to think in a long term what is it that you want? Because if you stay in that marriage because of your parents or because of your um, um, your auntie or your sister, right? One, you're going to get sick. By the time you are in your 40s and your 50s, you're going to be a very ill person. Either cancer is going to get you or something is going to get you. Because <clears> where do all these diseases develop from? It develops from high stress, right? High stress levels in the body, right? And two, um, you are going to destroy those children. No marriage, such marriage, which is an unhappy marriage. So if you are saying that you're thinking of your parents your aunties and your sisters what about yourself and your children what about yourself you have a duty you know the the universe you know through the the love of uh uh, the uh, you know the uh, whoever produced us you know bhagwan or allah or Mm. you know god whatever you may call that power you know That responsibility you have towards that, that, you know, you have a soul which is beating inside you and you need to uh, have, you need to look after that soul. You need to look after that body. But yes, responsibilities are important. But how about you handle all? You handle your body. You handle your responsibility, which is your children. Once you become a parent, your responsibility, all other responsibilities become uh, not valid except for that one of your children your children are your priority okay 100%. all those people your parents your aunties your sisters they are grown-up people they are looking after themselves they need to think for themselves you have a responsibility towards your children and if you do that right the rest will all fall in its place because look at me now I am friends with everybody, you know, my my in-laws or my family, everybody, you are in talking terms, you are, you know, we we talk, we are once in a week, we are in a call and hello, hi, oh, love you, love you and everything is fine. Even with my ex, I don't speak to him, you know, if if there is a need for anything to do with the children, I may, but I forgave him straight away, you know, and I taught my children to do the same thing, forgive him because he's your father. And I don't want to raise my kids with hate. I didn't want them to grow up with anger towards their father because end of the day, it's their father. So if mm. I was going to, you know, put some really bitter and twisted things into their head and say, oh, because they had seen everything, I didn't need to tell them anything. They lived in the house. They, they saw everything. They knew what was happening. So I had to, um, you know, speak to them. I had to nurture them and say to them, forgive, forgive and move forward. And the only reason I know a lot of people said to me, you're stupid, Kajo. You know, why did you, you know, they were better off without him. And I said, no, actually, it is their choice to decide and, you know, uh, make up their own mind if they want to make up their mind. But he is not wronged them. He wronged me. He wronged the marriage. But yes, indirectly, he wronged them in many ways. But now it is their life. And I always say to my kids, um, I, I tell them about me that you know I had anger towards my dad, and it didn't help me. So I didn't want them to have anger towards their dad and raise, uh, you know, grow in such an environment where they were angry uh, about something. No, I want them to grow in an environment where they had the freedom fully to love and to accept and to let go. Yeah. So um,
1: these are really strong values to teach your children because a lot of people would not do what you did. Mm. It's not something that's easy to do to raise your children with positivity when you've been through so many things that I guess could be perceived as negative. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I say perceived as negative because you could be stuck mm. back where you were mm-hmm. when you were like going through all of this at the age of thirty-two. You you could still be in that same mind of either a victim and, you know, I'm not saying that earlier you said you have to take responsibility. I'm not, if someone's going through something right now and feeling worried and scared and, you know, they're they're going through like a mental health issue or anything like that, I'm, I, and I I doubt kajal means either that you have to just, you know, grind it out, overcome it, put on a brave face and just try and plow through what I think, what what I think you mean and what I presume you mean and what I would mean is that you have to take responsibility at some point. Yes. Where not that it's your fault, what's going through is your fault. I mean, responsibility in the point that you have to take some form of control to feel better, to move forward. Mm. And whether that's asking for help, mm. whether that's trying to do it on your own, whether that's. Putting on a brave face and just trying to be positive and move forward with one yeah. small step at a time?
0: Yeah, the thing is, when <coughs> whatever you go through, you go through it. It's all yeah. done and dusted. It's done. Now, if I would have chosen to cry about it all the time, then I'm actually uh that life, right? And then mm. I do it on my when I do um well uh, you know coaching with my clients, I always remind them that whatever you have dealt with in your life you have dealt with it whether it's three years four years or 10 years right but then if you bring that forward into your life you're actually relieving that problem even though my ex-husband is not with me i could be actually carrying him forward and still carrying on that problem but if you have to cut that thread at one point and it's not easy when like you said it is not easy to do that i did it because I um, teach meditation, you know, through meditation, a lot of meditation and healing, self healing, I turned my mindset into such that what happened, happened, happened for a reason. The yeah. dream of me becoming that person that you know was uh, was um, uh, as I said as a younger, I always wanted to be that somebody who could you know uh, wear good clothes and mm-hmm. walk somewhere and you know and maybe for the universe to pull me out of that where I was just a a, a mother and a wife cooking and feeding hundred people in my kitchen, maybe it was supposed to be something that you know I was supposed to reach out to many people and. To make that dream come true, I had to pass through this river, this narrow river of, you know, problems and overcome. And again, as I said, I was a very naive person before. So maybe for me to become a very strong and able person, I had to go through that journey. Yeah. So that was my journey. That journey doesn't have to become my children's journey, my children's journey is different. They can love their father. They can receive love from him. They can do anything they want. They are human beings and they have their own journey. Their Mm. journey is not my journey and my journey is not their journey. I was just a person who was in their journey to help them, guide them. Now, the rest of their journey, they have to decide on their own. And that is what I say to all the parents out there that don't be controlling of your children. Let them have their own freedom of mind. Let them have uh, their own freedom of choice. And that way you will bring out better human beings and better society. We create better society with
1: 100%. Yeah, it's, this is something me and you both agree on. I, I've, I posted something about this, I think a, a year ago, a couple of years ago. I remember you commenting and just like completely agreeing with what I was saying. And what I was trying to say was that Your children are not your belongings. They're not an extension of you. And while that may sound like, oh, like, but they are an extension of me. Like, I produced them. Yeah, you produced them, you gave them life, but that's about it. Like, they're not yours. A human being is not something you can control. It's not something you own. Mm -hmm. Whether you gave them life, it doesn't matter. They are not yours. Mm -hmm. And while you can guide them, the best way to guide them is to let them be who they were born to be. Yeah. Otherwise, what's going to happen? Like, I listened to a video, that, like I think it was last week, by a guy called Paul Mort He was talking about anxiety and stress, and he was saying anxiety and stress is something that occurs when two things are almost rubbing against each other. And what it is is reality, uh, like what is going on in real life, and what you want. Yeah. So, what he was trying to say was. Say like, I don't know, somebody wants to become a footballer, but they're worrying about what their parents would think and they need to go to law school. Mm -hmm. So in reality, they're going to law school, but they want to go down the path of sport. Their life is going to rub. What they really want and what's going to happen, what they're doing for other people Mm -hmm. is going to clash. And what's that going to lead to? Stress. And like you said, stress leads to illness, mental health problems, worries, fear, and just not positive people not people that we need in the world Mm -hmm. imagine a parent who's stressed who lives a life where they are not living a true life that is happy to them Mm -hmm. what kind of parent are they going to be are they going to deal with situations like for example this morning my daughter did not want to get ready for nursery Mm -hmm. and it's very easy to shout and i was thinking about how i would um I had to be patient and wait for her to just get ready with positivity. I was like, you know, let's do this. Let's do things, you know. And that may sound like I'm being a soft parent and someone. I just don't want to be someone who shouts yeah. to get my way yeah. or even worse, smack or hit or things like that. Like mm-hmm. the way that we were raised, maybe mm-hmm. um, I was basically not I wouldn't say my parents were t- like bad. I just mean you would you you had a fear based relationship when you grew up. Yeah. Um, there were repercussions for not doing what your parents said, mm. <laughs> and uh, it's 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 something that nowadays I don't want my daughters to grow up because if they fear me as a parent, who else will they learn to fear? Yeah. Who like um like you said like if they find a, a partner in life that is not exactly in line with their values and right for them, mm. I hope that because I've treated them in a way of respect they would find the strength that you found to go, you know, this is not right for me and I need to put myself first. Even my own father didn't treat me this way. so I need to move forward. And this is something that, this is one of the reasons why I definitely wanted to have you on because people listening, women listening, whether they're young, whether they're older, um, will find this message that you've got as a very powerful message to, whether it's with someone who's trying to, to focus on a different career or going through tribulations and trials in their marriage or raising small children or anything is something that you can transfer into other areas of your life very easily. Like the message that you're trying to say is one, do what is right for you as a human, as opposed to what is right for everybody else, Mm. because everybody else, it's their business to look after themselves. Mm. It's not your business to worry about what other people think of you. And while in this type of society, That's very common. We all worry about like, oh, if I, if I leave this job and start working again and starting again, I have a very low income and I can't afford this stuff. Like people are going to think low of me. Why does that matter? Do you see what I mean? Like why, why, but it's, it's understandable why it matters because sometimes we are taught that these are things that you should aspire to be, you should aspire to be, have a lot of money or look like in society that you are doing success like you are a success
0: yeah yeah always um whenever whenever such doubt comes in mind I always say were they happy the people who advised me were they happy you know people who advised me they were they had money and they would say oh you must but were they happy yeah what does happiness mean to you, you must ask yourself that you know yeah. I I had money in my marriage, there was a lot of money, lot of money, and um, was I happy? No. So you you make your choice. What makes you happy? And if something like money makes you happy, then of course go for it. You know, keep earning. There are people who just focus on money, 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 and they have no life. But mm. you want to have a balance of both. Go for it. Depends on what you want to do, but. More than anything, you come first. you come first and you have a responsibility to you rather than other people. And if you are not whole, then you will never be able to give that wholesomeness to your kids, right? So that's my advice to everybody, my story to everybody today. and um, this is um, I hope this was good win. Uh,
1: yeah, no, it is absolute. I think what you've had to say today is a very inspiring and strong story and message. And I know we didn't really dive deep into so many things you spoke about. There were so many things that I had questions, but I just didn't want to interrupt your flow. And um, <laughs> but yeah, I think I think what you've had to say today is just generally inspiring. Just listening to you, there is something that I heard um, on a podcast I was listening to this morning, and I wanted to. Ask, I thought I'm going to ask this question to Kajo as well. So it was a powerful question and led to a very um, deep topic on that podcast. But just for you, mm. if you were, if on Friday you to- you were told that you are going to pass away and this is the last day that you have th- um, to live on this earth, mm. what is it, one, that you do, what steps do you take, what actions do you take from today? Yeah. Today, for anyone listening, is a Wednesday. So Chicago has two days. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, and... What do you regret the most?
0: Um, right. So um, what I would um, want to do the most is make sure that I'm with my loved ones, you know, my children, my, my polly my, my family, basically. I would want them very close. I'd make every moment with them, talk to them, laugh with them, and just make sure that those last days are just remembered with lots of laughters and lots of cuddles and, you know, just, them remembering my energy that is all i want them to you know that is all what i regret of course is um uh the fact that i'm at a distance with my sisters so you know they are in kenya and i'm here and i think i would really miss that uh, moment of you know something were to happen to me oh my god i won't be able to hold their hands or give them a cuddle so that would be uh, my regret but um and of course maybe another regret I would have is I haven't travelled enough so please I don't want to die anymore yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I guess right now you don't have um, the opportunity to travel because of everything that's going on in the world yeah. but make sure then those two things that you would regret you don't let happen because yeah. you never know <laughs> and I hope that's not the answer that, that you don't ever pass away anytime soon So, um, like you said we, we spread positivity but your positivity today has been infectious and I hope I really do hope that the strength you've shown in your journey and the positivity and the the mindset that you've actually had in moving forward and spreading positivity around the rest of the the people around you inspires other people to do the same. Whatever you're going through in life, don't let it break you.
0: Oh, I hope so too. And thank you, Vin. You are such an amazing, amazing soul. And thank you for having me on board. Lots of love to you.
1: Thank you. And I hope that you found that enjoyable. So if you're still listening, please screenshot this podcast on your phone. What I want you to do is post it on your stories on Instagram and tag both of us. So my Instagram handle is Vin and Kajal, what is your um, Instagram handle?
0: It's the Kajal's Healthy Kitchen.
1: Okay. So please do tag us in the stories if you're still listening to this and watching. Otherwise... I hope you have a wonderful day. Take care.